Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. It is early. It is 6.47 as I look at my phone right now this Monday morning after an incredible weekend for Ole Miss sports. Uh, you, you get the Access Bowl, you're going to the Peach Bowl, and you're getting a matchup against a big-branded Penn State and the basketball team seven games in. Beat Memphis at home, and I think when the ratings come out later today, they're going to be ranked. It was a really cool environment. Uh, the student section was nuts. The team played well. We'll talk about that for a little bit and then get into the bowl game stuff uh, here as well. But uh, one hell of a weekend for Ole Miss sports, and so I'm glad that you guys are here, and let's talk about it. My name, again, is Michael Borky. Follow me Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, B-O-R-K-E-Y. Is how you spell the last name. Follow me there. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get them. Just pull out your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. 80-70 to 70 was the final score. Ole Miss lost the first half by 7, won the second half. Excuse me, 80-77, to 77, sorry. Won the second half by 10. And what was so impressive about this game compounded with uh, this team in general, but this game, Memphis went on, what was it, a 19-2 run uh, early in the first half, and there was always separation in this game. But Ole Miss would make a couple plays, cut it down to four, and then Memphis would punch right back. There would be like a turnover or a steal or something like that. And this Ole Miss team just kept responding and kept responding. And they would get down and they would respond and they would get down again and they would respond. And they just they kept taking punches from a really, really good Memphis team who's really talented and athletic and is going to make the tournament this year. And they just kept taking punches. And all they did to those punches was respond to those punches time after time after time. This team displayed a level of resilience that, you know, we've gotten glimpses of this year, but the competition level was so bad it was hard to really, you know, be excited about a win over Sam Houston, even though they, like, executed and played well in crunch time. It's Sam Houston is is kind of bad, but uh, either that experience helped them or they are just so much better coached, which that's a major part of it. But um, that was an impressive uh, character win is what I like to call those. You you got to see a lot about your team's mental makeup and the veterans on the team and, of course, how well coached they are by continuing to take those punches and take those punches and respond and respond and respond. And when the game mattered most, they were the ones that executed yet Again, and so they got a really, really impressive win. That win is going to uh, stand out for a while. It was a great week for basketball uh, at Ole Miss. And uh, I mean, again, you're seven games in, and Ole Miss fans at large are already like, oh, wow, basketball's fun. People are starting to realize again that competitive and meaningful basketball is really, really fun. And uh, you got a glimpse of that on Saturday. There are still going to be growing pains with this team. There are going to be losses. Losses are going to come. It's going to happen because it's basketball and you lose games of basketball. It happens. But um, this team can make the tournament. They can. Uh, I mean, don't forget, too, that the bubble is really, really bad. It's really bad. There's Every year it's like, oh, the bubble is terrible. It's because you're trying to get 68 teams into this thing. Of course the bubble is bad. But Ole Miss got a couple of wins that I think are going to be really good line items uh, on a resume, they, they will certainly help them. And the SEC is really, really good again. The opportunities now are in front of them. The conversation about this team is shifting a, a little bit. If they don't make it, it's not a failure by any stretch of the imagination. But them making the tournament, I know I, I, it's December 4th. But still, that's the conversation people are having today is, wow, this team can make it. And, and I think that they can. They displayed that this week. They just have to keep improving uh, Cisse played 15 minutes. He's clearly impactful. He'll continue to play more minutes. Uh, having the opportunity to go from sharp to him, back to sharp, and to go small if they need to. And I mean, they're going to run into teams that can't shoot very well. And hell, they might put both of them on the floor at the same time. I think I said that before. But 
um, that that he's definitely helpful uh, for sure. At breaking news: more eleven uh, at an elite level center uh, who's a great shot blocker and rebounder is helpful. That's why you guys pay me the big bucks. But um, Jalen Murray, it, it was his show. Uh, played all forty minutes. Uh, was seven of fourteen from the field. Made all four of his three throws. But he but here's the thing. And Chris Beard made it a point after the game to point this out and let everybody know that. He had 22 points, and that was great. What he's more impressed by was his nine assists and one turnover. So he took over the game late. He made winning plays down the stretch, and, and he uh, was the guy that that dominated uh, that game, and, and he was the difference. But that's what Chris Beard pointed to was, yes, he had a great scoring night, but he had nine assists to just one turnover, and all Five foot eleven of them had two blocks and a steal as well. A complete game from Jalen Murray and uh, Morell was was excellent. He made six of his seven three point attempts. But here's the thing: he had five assists as well. He had a block and three steals. Also in six boards for him. Also a complete game from uh, from Matt Morell and uh, Alan Flanagan added eighteen points on six of fifteen. Missed his two threes, but he made. Six of six from the free throw line. Ole Miss made 11 of their 15, which is, um, that's important. 19 assists for Ole Miss in this game to Memphis's 12. It was it was a really, I mean, just when you win a game like that in an environment like that, uh, it's obviously really impressive. What I really like about this team, though, is it's not one guy every game. Murray was the guy. And the thing is, the, the team around him, like, there's no selfishness, or at least on the surface anyway. Maybe there's some internally, but externally. All of the guys on the floor are totally okay when somebody else like takes over. There's no ball dominance or, or ball dependence on this team. At least that's what it looks like from my vantage point. If Murray's got the hot hand, everybody on the team's like, hell yeah, Jalen, go get it. You know, uh, you had So it was the Murray game, and, and Morrell was excellent as well, but it was the Murray game. On Saturday, on Tuesday, it was Breakfield taking over and dominating. You had multiple times earlier this year where the team doesn't win the game without Alan Flanagan, and it seems like they are already so comfortable in that role and, and understanding that it may not be my night, but when it's my night, you know, I got to go execute when my number's called. The the lack of apparent selfishness on this team is is impressive. They play good, physical. Uh, the, Defense and, and look, Memphis scored seventy-seven points, but Ole Miss was active defensively. They had ten blocks and six steals in the game. Jamin Brayfield uh, had four blocks, so he didn't produce point-wise, but he had four block shots. Uh, th- this team uh, doesn't doesn't look like they are selfish in any way. If it's somebody else's night, that's fine. The other guys will fit into their role and, and make winning plays and, and win games, and that's a credit to them and, and their mindset, and that's a credit to their coach who has already injected life into Ole Miss basketball that I didn't think that they would get at any point this season. It just goes to show how good of a coach he is uh, to, to even be in this position. And of course, like we talked about before, the thing that really stands out to me, though, is the way he engages the people afterwards. Uh, you know, bringing the student section on the court after the game. And, and I love how they've already figured out how to storm the court safely, by the way. You, you've got the people in the SEC office and Greg Sankey saying, like, trying to ban court storming and all this stuff. Ole Miss basketball figured it out in a few games under Chris Beard. Let the teams get off the court, and then the, the students, after a huge emotional win, like filed onto the court after the game. It went so well. It went perfect. That's all you have to do, Greg Sankey. It's just what Ole Miss is doing in basketball. I hope Keith Carter sends it to the league office and says, hey, guys, see how easy this is? You don't have to ruin something that's great about college football or college sports because we do it every single week, Greg. So go do that, is what Keith should say in more diplomatic terms. But um, after the game, after the handshake line, Chris Beard walks over to the student section and he's pointing at all of them and saying, "We did the, this happened because of you. Like, this is all because of you. Pointing to them and, and like giving them credit for the win on the floor. And it's just little things like that that he does constantly that's going to engage a fan base that is not, like, generally super into basketball. That's the kind of stuff that uh, that he just gets. And so they win on the court. They're fun to watch already on the court. And he's giving people the experiences that will let them buy in and kind of change what 
Ole Miss fans think and, and how invested they are in basketball. You're seeing it unfold already, and it's 6 o'clock in the morning, almost 7 in the morning on December 4th, and I'm saying that in year one. So, impressive stuff. So that was basketball. They get a win. We'll talk Peach Bowl and college football playoff coming up after I remind you. The podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website if you're in the market for office, technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage, data security, IT projects, phone systems, whatever it is. If if your Mississippi business needs technology in the office, absms.com is the website. Advantage Business Systems has you covered. Tell them I sent you you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. We've got 16 locations here in Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard. And they'll make you their priority with their online banking platform. It's a one-stop shop. You don't need multiple apps to manage your money. They also have local loan servicing and decision-making, so you don't need... Uh, to get on the phone or get on Zoom and talk to somebody in Louisville, Kentucky, or whatever I had to do with my previous bank. It's uh, somebody that you get to sit down with face-to-face because they will make you their priority, just like they have me. Okay, here it is, the, the Sunday reaction live chat. Did this, uh, did this Sunday night, talked Peach Bowl and how I think the college football playoff is a failure, but the committee possibly got it right, but Florida State got screwed. It's one of those everything can be true at once and there's no correct answer situation. So really good back and forth. It's really long. This is a long podcast today. I hope you appreciate it. And so here that is now, and I will talk to you again here uh, very soon. And let's start with the local because that's the most important thing, right, is the local. Uh, Old Miss got the Peach Bowl playing Penn State. I think it's on December 30th, right, which is a Saturday, I believe, right? Isn't that right? Help me out here. That's a Saturday. That's right, Saturday, December 30th, 11 a.m. Central, they'll play Penn State. And a couple of thoughts on that first. Number one, it's the kind of season that, in my opinion, deserved uh, to, to end in the Access Bowl. The, the Peach Bowl against Penn State is just miles better than the Citrus Bowl against Iowa. It, it is very much a different feeling uh, when it comes to the prestige of the game and also the, the quality of uh, opponent as well. I know there's no Disney World in Atlanta, but Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Peach Bowl, Penn State, so much greater than Orlando, Citrus Bowl, Iowa, right? And this team in this season deserved that kind of ending. It's, um, I mean, their only two losses are both on the road at two of the top six teams in, in all of college football. I mean, it's a season where they they beat LSU, they beat Arkansas, they beat Auburn, they beat Mississippi State. It is a season that deserved this end uh, result. So uh, I was happy to see that because it's so much, like I said, so much more fun to cover. But the, the game itself, I think it's a really good draw for a couple of different reasons, right? It's a really good draw from like a interest in like marketing perspective and prestige perspective, right? Because Penn State is a brand. This is so much better than drawing... SMU, which I guess it would have been Liberty instead of SMU, which makes no sense at all. The committee's rationale changes based on teams. Doesn't matter anyway. Point is, playing Penn State is so much better than drawing like a Liberty in the Access Bowl. So you get the Access Bowl, you get uh, a, a quality opponent that has big brand power that you can also beat. Like Penn State's really good up front on the defensive line. Yeah, really good defense just overall. Really good. Uh, NFL guys on that front, I mean, you, you may see an opt-out or two in there. I, I know Lane Giffen joked in his press conference today that uh, that he was hoping to see that. That might happen. I think they've got at least one first-rounder uh, on that defensive line, so maybe Ole Miss gets a little bit of a break there. But really good quality defensive front. They're going to test that Ole Miss offense and that Ole Miss offensive line. Other side of the ball is kind of a disaster, right? Really bad quarterback play, not explosive um, they, they can be physical, but not really. There's certainly nothing that they will present to Ole Miss offensively uh, that scares you. It is a much better draw from that perspective than Ohio State would have been. If you had to pick the two, you're going to go to the Access Bowl and you're going to play a team from the Big Ten. You're picking Penn State, of course, over Ohio State. So you still get brand power. You get the Access Bowl. And it's a team that you can beat. I mean, the early line is what? Ole Miss one and a half? That sounds uh, about right. Jackson Dart, you would assume, is going to be healthy by the time that game comes around. 
because uh, he was a shell of himself by the end of the year, just physically couldn't do it anymore. But you get the Access Bowl, which the team deserved. Yes, their resume is better than Oklahoma's, and I know Oklahoma people were losing their mind today. Uh, strength of schedule was really the thing that separated the two. Ole Miss had a better resume than Oklahoma. Yes, I know Oklahoma had a better win than Ole Miss, Texas neutral site. But here's the thing. Don't lose to Kansas. You know, I when the playoff expands to 12, teams in this position will have less to argue, right? We'll get to the Florida State thing in a second. But Oklahoma lost to Kansas. Don't lose to Kansas. Don't get left out of an access bowl. It's really that simple. I have no sympathy for Oklahoma should they be in this exact situation next year when they get left out of the 12-team playoff. Don't lose to don't lose to Kansas. That, that's all you have to do. That's the 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 line item in the resume. Ole Miss's uh, strength of schedule and strength of record is much better than that of Oklahoma's, and their two losses are two of the top six on the road. Oklahoma lost to Oklahoma State and to Kansas. There's your difference. And so that kind of negates what the arguments will be next year. It just makes them less impactful than the one we're currently getting right now. So they deserved the Access Bowl. They got it. Big brand. It should be an easy trip for a lot of fans, too. Should be a lot of Ole Miss fans there. Uh, a winnable game. Like, it's all good, you know? I mean, there's there's very few angles that you can take on something like this other than the obvious, right? Sometimes the things are just what they are. It's a really good validating selection for Ole Miss where they have been to two access bowls in the last three years in this ever-changing era of college football and a program like Ole Miss in a state like Mississippi that is small in population that they share with another SEC school. You guys know all that. Uh, for them to be in this position again in two of the last three years is is validation and it's proof that uh, things are working there. That And it's not just Lane Kiffin either, right? Like it's athletic department and university doing things as well to set up football to become uh, this. Now, you know, they're they're not among the nation's elite like Alabama and Georgia and, and all that yet, but still being in this position, not many uh, programs have been in this position over the last three years in the portal NIL era, and here Ole Miss uh, is yet again. So it's uh, it's a big deal. Uh, for the program. It's a really good game. A lot of fans should be there. It's an easy drive. If you live in Mississippi, I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of alums over there, so it should be a good crowd, winnable game, big brand. There's really no other takeaway uh, than that for uh, for this game for Ole Miss. So good to see it. Excited to talk about it. Excited to really dive in and, and look at Penn State more and uh, maybe talk to some people from up there, uh, especially for the radio shows. We get closer to that game, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty awesome for uh, for that program. I've got a uh, college football playoff take, and then I'll read your messages for the rest of the time. So, two things can be true at once, right? I say that often. Two things can be true at the same time. I think the committee made the correct selection with Alabama over Florida State, and, but you guys know me, and I've said for years now. I think, and what the odds makers say, and who would be favored and who would you bet on and who would you rather play? All of those are subjective measures that should not be implemented in this. But since the system is so flawed, it has to be. So I think that Alabama is better than Florida State. I think if they played, that Alabama would beat Florida State. However, the college football playoff is a failure. This version of it, expanding to 12 should have happened earlier. At least it's happening. Thank God for that. But it's a failure because. This sport, people try to sell you on the idea that college football has the best regular season, right? You hear that all the time. It's the best regular season in sports. Every weekend matters. You can't slip up. If you have a blemish, you're out. And that means every weekend matters so much. That's what you hear all the time. And we hear that that's being ruined by playoff expansion. However, Florida State a Power 5 conference team, and a big brand, by the way. We're not talking about how Cincinnati went undefeated and got left out and had to do it again in order to get in this time. No, we're talking about freaking Florida State. They win every game they play, including their conference championship. They go undefeated, including a neutral site win over LSU, and they went to Florida and won in the swamp. And for what it's worth, also, they went to Clemson and won in Death Valley. So it's a Florida State team that's scheduled tough. 
two SEC teams they intentionally added to their schedule and beat them both. They went to Death Valley and won, and they won their conference championship. And you had an undefeated team, a team that won every game they played, not even get allowed the opportunity to participate in the postseason. Regardless of how you feel about if they're good enough to beat or better than Alabama or not, that is a failure in process. That is a a failure in structure. And it's going away, thank God. Again, I just said that, but still. The fact that there are people out there that think, even after today, we are making a mistake by expanding the playoff, that, that idea blows my mind. It is an injustice Florida State did everything that they are told. They, they they didn't slip up. They won every single game they played, and it still wasn't enough. How on earth can we call this the greatest regular season in sports when a team did everything they possibly could do in that regular season without a blemish and still aren't allowed to participate in the postseason? It, because they, they're not as pretty as Alabama? Okay, eight days ago, Alabama needed a fourth and 31. Fourth and goal from the 31, a miracle pass to beat a really bad Auburn team. Did, did you, were you impressed when you watched Alabama play a four and eight Arkansas? Did you come away from that one score game thinking, oh boy, Alabama looked really good. Passed the eye test for sure. Did you get that same feeling when they beat a Texas A&M team that fired their coach? Oh man, Alabama passing the eye test here. They look great. No. And I understand the SEC champion needed to be in the playoff. Look, I get it. Both things can be true at once. Kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth. However, the fact that Florida State's quarterback felt compelled to apologize for not breaking his legs sooner because he was the catalyst for why his team got left out in the ultimate team sport is an injustice on the sport. Maybe, just maybe, it's good that we are ruining the regular season of a sport that just saw a team win every game that they played in and got left out of the postseason. In no other sport, no, in no other anything besides FBS football is that a reality. That doesn't happen in in the FCS. Shout out Furman beating the the brakes off of Chattanooga yesterday. That doesn't happen in Division II. Doesn't happen in high school. If you win all of your games, you play in the postseason. Doesn't happen in the NBA. Doesn't happen in college basketball or baseball. Didn't happen in Major League Baseball. It's the only sport where that is the case. And the fact that people are defending this system and want it to maintain in place blows my mind. You can think that the committee got it right and understand that the process and the system and the setup is a failure, and it's good that it's going away. All right. I am uh, done just rambling. Let's get to your messages. Everything you said that needed to happen for Ole Miss to go to a New New Year's Six happened. Yes, it worked out. I mean, um, Texas looked really, really good in their dominating win over Oklahoma State. And Florida State didn't look good in their win over Louisville. And therefore, Ole Miss found their way in. Also, uh, Auburn beating Alabama, I think, is also a thing that contributed to this. But... uh, But yeah, do I think Bama wins it all? No, I don't. I don't think they're beating Michigan, frankly. Uh, I think they will lose to Michigan. Yeah, Michigan is going to be the ultimate heel. Like, I've started to really respect what Michigan is. Not who they are. Hear me. What they are. They are a villain. They got caught red-handed cheating when they were this big, holier-than-thou. We are what's great about college football. And those dirty cheaters down in SEC land, that's not us. We do it the right way. And, John, you bacon wrote a book about how the Michigan way and whatever. All that garbage. They got caught red-handed cheating, right, in ways that nobody else does. And they leaned into it. They leaned into it. They're crying after they beat Penn State and acting like Jim Harbaugh was murdered in the street instead of got suspended because his program was cheating. They wore the Michigan versus everybody shirts. They're the arrogance, the doubling and tripling down and the playing the victim. And it's great. It is great because I hate them. And so many people do. And that galvanization, when you pair all of that stuff with really, really good, you get this perfect storm of 
I, I want to hate watch Michigan. I want them to lose. I wanted them to lose yesterday. They didn't. I want them to lose to Alabama. I don't think they will. They're really good, and they're a heel, and that's interesting and compelling. So I can't stand them. They're dirty, rotten cheaters. Don't get me wrong, but I respect the uh, the energy that they are bringing uh, to college football right now. I, I enjoy their presence because I hate them, and that's good. I think that's good. That Penn State defense is legit. They are absolutely legit. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a low-scoring game. Uh, Ole Miss will have their hands full. It's a really good – especially the front – is uh, is going to be really, really good. You're hoping for a Peach Bowl redemption. You still have a bad taste in your mouth from 14. Yeah, you know, I know they they have the teams stay uh, in the city, but I think Ole Miss would be served just to so they don't repeat sins of the past. Uh, on the night before the game, uh, have the team hotel be in, like, Savannah. You know, just get them the hell out of town <laughs> uh, because it didn't, it didn't serve them well being in Atlanta on New Year's weekend uh, the night before the game. So, yeah. The 14 playoff is obviously broken and Florida State deserved in, but you can't just leave out Texas and Alabama. And Georgia is still a top 14, but they don't deserve it. And that's the, there's no right answer for the committee. There's no right answer. Uh, because if they would have put Florida State in over Alabama, you're saying that the SEC champion is not one of the four best teams in college football? Okay, that's – I mean, no. Uh, you can't get a rational person to to agree with that either. They were in a uh, an ultimate losing situation, but it's broken. It's completely broken. It's indefensible. Uh, th- this is a flawed system. Florida State won every single game that they played in, and people are totally okay with their exclusion from the postseason. It's It's not okay. It makes no sense at all. Finally, Ole Miss isn't playing a Big 12 team in a bowl. Yeah, I would. Uh, I, I need to dive into the game notes when they come out, but I would love to know how many times Ole Miss has played a, a Big 10 team. I can't imagine it is uh, It is very often with just bowl tie-ins and stuff like that. I know they played Indiana in Kiffin's first year, but can't be much. The argument between Ole Miss and Missouri ended up being a moot point. Yeah, and Missouri got the raw end of that deal, man. Ohio State is infinitely more talented than Penn State. Uh, I mean, um, Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably not going to play, but uh, that Ohio State offense, I know I've ripped on them and they've deserved it uh, because they have too many weapons to be as bad as they are, and I think a lot of it is quarterback play, frankly. Uh, but if if you were Pete Golding and you got to choose, okay, I'm going to go against Ohio State or I'm going to go against Penn State, he would have taken Penn State 100 times out of 100, uh, no doubt. Got your tickets in place to stay already. Awesome. Yeah, I, I expect a, a ton, a massive Ole Miss crowd will be um, in uh, in Atlanta for, for that one. That's going to be – it's going to be huge. I mean, it's an easy drive, you know. Yeah, there will be a lot of you there. What do I think about Penn State? Uh, I think I covered that a second ago. I know I'm behind on messages a little bit. But really, really talented, good, physical, athletic defense with NFL players on the defensive line. Um, really bad quarterback play. Uh, I know they're they're changing things offensively this offseason, but bad quarterback play. Decent One decent receiver that I think can play at the next level. Um, not bad up front, but yeah, Ole Miss has played much better offenses, uh, quarterbacked by much better quarterbacks, called by much better play callers than, uh, than what they're going to deal with here in 27 days from right now. Next year for Oklahoma, it will be don't lose to Ole Miss if you want to make the playoff. They'll be in Oxford next year. Watch, there will be too many two or less lost teams next year, and a 10-2 and two team gets left out of the 12-team playoff. That's fine, though. That's the thing. I, I See, people have made that argument, oh, we're just going to do this around 12 and 13. But but here, here it is, right? It's Oklahoma. Here is the, the catalyst for that. Oklahoma lost to Kansas. I mean, they don't have the – it doesn't have the same bite that um, Florida State does, obviously. Oklahoma has two losses on their schedule. And so I just – I don't think that it carries the same – it doesn't carry the same weight to me. I don't, I don't think it's an argument that is valid in any way. 
I mean, again, they, they beat Texas, I know, but they lost to Kansas and they lost to Oklahoma State. They beat a bad UCF team by two. I mean, there's there's the thing. It's those two losses into who they were uh, as opposed to Ole Miss's losses into who they were and the strength of schedule component. But I just I don't find that as uh, visceral as today, not not anywhere close. Someone is always going to get left out and complaining whether it's justified or not. Absolutely. I mean, we have a 68-team basketball tournament, and still we talk about who got snubbed. Somebody's always going to get left out, but there, there's just much less merit to next year's debate compared to this one for sure. The ACC caused this by delaying the implementation of the 12-team playoff. It is really all their fault. Yeah, their commissioner, like Mike Norvell's statement, I loved. Uh, Florida State's AD statement, I loved. Those are uh, totally rational feelings that they had, and understandably so, and I'd be advocating like hell on my behalf because if I'm a Florida State fan, I feel like I got completely and totally screwed. And so I, I hear them. The commissioner of the ACC releasing a statement and saying what he said, is hilarious because he was a driving force in why it didn't happen this year. Look in the mirror, dude. I just I, I read his and laughed. I read Mike Norvell's and and felt sympathy uh, again. And you know, he he doesn't need to apologize for anything. But Jordan Travis feeling compelled to apologize for when he got hurt just is it just shows how stupid this is. But anyway. In some ways, you could blame Auburn for rushing, too. This is all Hugh Freeze's fault. This is all Hugh Freeze's fault. We're not having this debate today. If if Hugh Freeze could not give up a fourth in a billion with a game on the line and a special result on the line. But anyway, you're not saying it was the wrong choice, but it's crazy to think in the playoff era an undefeated Power 5 team would miss out. Exactly. I mean, it, there's it's indefensible. And there are still people doing it. Not many. Now, again, there are two different debates, right? If you think they picked the best four teams, I, I hear that argument. And, and I won't really argue much against you, right? If you think that they chose the four best teams, if you think that they did that, I hear you. But you can think that and understand the injustice that happened uh, with Florida State. Those are two different things. If you think that this is totally fine, don't agree with you at all. I mean, I, I can't wrap my mind around thinking that this is totally fine. Mike Norvell should still be National Coach of the Year. I agree. I think so. Or Kalen DeBoer. DeBoer did a really nice job. Washington's a lot of fun, man. Hey, remember, and it's not like this was an original thought, but you guys remember this offseason, especially if you're a radio show listener, kept talking about Washington, kept pointing to Washington. Hey, guys, that's a playoff contender. Look out for Washington. They're way up there, so you're not paying attention, but look out for Washington. They return a ton. They portaled well. They get quarterback back. Fun play caller. Look out for Washington. I get a lot wrong. I get too much wrong, but not that one. Uh, I will. I don't know if I'm making the trip to Atlanta yet. And Clark, man, it's really good to good to hear from you too, man. Been uh, been too long, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I would like to. I would love to go to that game, and, and frankly, I'd love to cover it. I think that would be the capacity that I would do it, as I would get uh, credentials and do like the whole the whole thing uh, around that game. We uh, we will see. Yep, let's not forget that the ACC voted against the playoff expansion this year. Yep. Tampa, Zeke, you and I on the same page on that one. Their commissioner, who's outraged, voted against it. Yeah. You wonder how this affects Florida State and Clemson trying to leave the ACC? Um, okay, I'm going to go ahead and ban that person. Uh, this isn't a political war debate show. Um uh, Anyway, um, I think that Florida State spent time today continuing to work on leaving the ACC. I don't know that, uh, but I'd be willing to bet that Mike Norvell and their athletic director um, lost it and had that, okay, we've been trying to get out, but we need to get the you-know-what out of here now. Um I saw somebody say on Twitter, I can't remember who, so I, I would love to give credit, but they were like, today was the beginning of the end of the ACC as we know it, and I have a hard time disagree disagreeing with that. They were already trying to get out, 
but this is going to inspire that departure in ways that it hasn't been inspired before. For sure. Even though it's expanding, it doesn't matter. Just you had an undefeated champion get left out because of conference prestige. I I want out right now, like right away. And I love the, the committee's rationale, by the way, for, for lip. See, this is why this process sucks. And listening to Boo Corrigan explain all this stuff so irrationally every week, all season, he was a very bad, very bad spokesman for the committee who made bad decisions most of the year. But Liberty gets in over SMU because Liberty won all their games. But Liberty didn't play any Power 5 teams. SMU did. So SMU got punished for playing really good teams and losing to two of them. But Liberty got rewarded for winning all of their games. But Florida State got punished for winning all of their games and not having a toughest schedule as Alabama, who lost a game. So Alabama gets in because the schedule's tougher and they forgive a loss from Alabama. But Liberty gets in because they won all of their games and SMU gets punished because they schedule tougher. It doesn't make any sense because that that part of this is so stupid. You could tell in the Florida State reaction video of the devastation in Norvell's face and body language. Yeah, I, as much there are people that I, I know that Florida State's kind of like a fun punching bag, and and I get it. Like truly, it, you know the whole talking about the Knowles thing. Like I, I understand all of that. Trust me, I, I do. I, I know that Florida State. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of Ole Miss and State fans in here. Uh, I know that that you guys would not get Florida State sympathy if you got left out of this thing. I, I know that. But, man, uh, I feel terrible for the players and the coaches anyway. Maybe maybe not so much the fans because, again, they wouldn't give you the same uh, sympathy. So, But I, I felt terrible for them because what else? They, they did everything you, you asked them to do, literally everything. They did all they could. And the, the reason why they're not here is because, as Bill says, their quarterback, that's their blemish on their resumes. Their quarterback got hurt. But we've seen in the playoff era, teams lose their quarterback or change their quarterback in the middle of the season. So Ohio State won a championship after injuries with their third stringer. But don't forget, Clemson and Alabama changed quarterbacks in the middle of the season and won championships. That happened. So it's it sucks. It really sucks. FSU got screwed, in your opinion. That's how I would feel if I were them. Poor Louisville went into the day thinking they were going to the Orange Bowl. Where did they end up? I don't even know where they ended up. Let me see if I can find it. Um, I should find a better link that sorts it based on conference, but frankly, I don't know where they're going. So uh, The Sun Bowl is going to be great, by the way. Uh, Notre Dame, Oregon State, uh, but DJ might not play. Maybe not so great. Let's see. Where is Louisville? Oh, there. That's actually not a bad matchup, though. the The Holiday Bowl against Southern Cal. Now they got to go clearly across the country, but it's not a bad matchup. Barrett Salee, really quiet right now. Yeah. Uh, no, he was still retweeting stuff about how it's actually fine that this is how it worked out. He's dug in. And I appreciate somebody that that has dug in on their opinions. I just could not possibly disagree more. Wasn't surprised that Alabama took down Georgia. Bama got juice from converting that miracle play, and Saban generally owns Kirby. Georgia wasn't ready for a team of their equal caliber to punch them. You think Alabama's going to handle Michigan? I disagree. Part of it is wishful thinking. but Because I've already got my take ready for when Michigan beats Alabama, and here's what my take's going to be. Florida State could have just as easily lost to Michigan. So that's what my take's going to be. I've already got it prepared. Rebs basketball, how about Beard? Yeah, man. Um, I did, I, Truthfully, I, I, I did not expect them at any point this season to look like they did this week. I mean, dominated NC State. And, and the way they won the game against Memphis, right? Because, like, they didn't play – they didn't play poorly. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they had Murray was really good. Morrell was really good. Uh, Cisse helped a lot. But, like, Memphis would get a lead and, and Ole Miss would, like, 
cut it down to six or four, and then they would make a dumb play. They would have a dumb turnover or or miss a shot or you know missed a missed a bunny or had a turnover and like they just they kept clawing their way up and then getting knocked down by Memphis and they just kept clawing their way up and got knocked down and clawed their way up and got knocked down and then made the winning plays late. Um, that is a, a very mentally very strong team and a very well coached team clearly. And they, I think they're going to be ranked tomorrow uh, when the rankings come out a whole seven games into year one. Now, they're still going to be growing pains. There will. I mean, they're, they're not going to win every game. Uh, losses are coming because it's basketball and you lose games in basketball. But um, the, what, what you saw this week was proof of what people have said about Chris Beard's coaching ability. That, that was proof that, that that's real. Um, can they make the tournament? Certainly, at this point, they clearly can. Uh, will they? We'll have to see. But anyway, top eight was twelve and one versus nine through sixteen, and it was the only loss to a non-top eight team. If you flip LSU and Oklahoma, it was the only loss by a top twelve team to a non-top twelve team. Anomaly, or is NIL destroying parity? Well, David, th- this year we've we have more parity than we've ever had at the top of college football. So, no, I, I think that what you saw this year is kind of the opposite. Now, that is a pretty strong record, but we have more teams that are capable of winning than we've ever had before, at least in the playoff era. And so, you know, maybe maybe there's no middle or whatever, but, I mean, Georgia Georgia's probably the best team in the country, and they're number six. There's a take for you. Georgia's probably the best team in the country. But they got beat yesterday. They certainly have one of the best rosters that can beat anybody. They're number six. We have more parity at the top. Texas over Washington, and then Alabama beats Texas for the title, and we wonder if Saban retires. We could only hope. We could only hope. You think Bama puts Michigan in their place? Milrow wins the, wins the game with his feet. Have they? Has Michigan seen a quarterback like him? No, no, they uh, they haven't. They have not seen a dynamic quarterback like this. You would love to see a ten game regular season with a twenty four or a thirty two team playoff. The twelve team playoff is going to further diminish the Bulls. Why not go ahead and blow up the old system and rebuild it? Problem with that though, it's a good idea, but the problem with it is nobody will take fewer games because of television contracts and what the games do to the campuses and the schools and the local economy. So we're, we're never going back, just like baseball's never reducing the amount of games and the NBA's not reducing the amount of games. They're trying to fight load management. Well, you could fight load management by cutting 15 games from the season, and they don't do that, though, because television contracts and money and, and all that stuff. So it's a good idea. Not going to happen, though, because of the almighty dollar. Funny to think Indiana was playing Ole Miss in a bowl game in 2020. What a season. Yeah, T, and your Indiana Hoosiers may have made the best hire in the whole cycle. That that was a That's a hell of a hire that Indiana made. Like, like you and your new employer should be really fired up. And I, I know you are, but you should be because Signetti's going to win. Just wins. So Tennessee got Iowa in the Citrus because LSU didn't want to go back. LSU instead gets to beat up on Wisconsin and Tampa. Yeah, and even though the Saints suck and nobody wants to watch them, uh, the Saints are in Tampa that weekend as well. But they suck and nobody wants to watch them. But uh, I don't even want to go there tonight. I don't want to go there tonight at all. We also know if that happened to Bama, where they are the undefeated SEC champ with a backup quarterback playing, they would still be in the four-team college football playoff. Yes, the SEC gets the benefit of the doubt, uh, but I think the SEC's earned that. And, and some people disagree with that. Some people think that it's brand bias or whatever, but um, I think the, the domination that the SEC has put on the college football playoff uh, with multiple different teams um, has kind of earned the benefit of the doubt. The SEC champion should have been in this. There just should be more teams to choose from or more spots to choose from. And there will be. You would hate covering James Franklin. He seems like a tool. Yeah, I hated the way he responded to that reporter that asked about taking shots vertically. I just, I, 
People loved that. People love when a coach rips on a reporter, even if when you listen to him, he's not making any sense at all and he's just being an ass. And that's what James Franklin was. He was just being an ass to that poor reporter who was trying to ask a question because that's what his job is and to write about maybe being explosive. And instead he played dumb and made that that person look really dumb and the internet loved it. And when you really listen to him, he's just being an ass because he's an ass and a really good coach too. But let's call that what it is. And nobody's willing to call that what it is. Or not enough people anyway. Oklahoma keeps losing to Ole Miss first the College World Series, then now. (laughs) Uh, Next year, conference title games can turn into bid stealers. But here's the thing. So the conference title games are not going to be divisions anymore, right? It's going to be the two best teams in every conference. So, So some years, you still will have a team that's outside of the top 12 that can win their way in. But the conference title games, they're setting those up moving forward to make sure that there's not like a four-loss team that somehow wins the conference. Maybe Cross can interview Franklin. (laughs) Oh, we get three weeks of James Franklin hate on the show. It's going to be great. Ooh, Richard hates that guy. The ACC and the Alliance is why they didn't implement the 12-team playoff this year. The difference between a two-loss team and a zero-loss team being left out is beyond measure? Absolutely. The committee just did the sport a favor by making the greatest case for expansion I've ever seen. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's already happening, but the the anti-expansion people are totally invalidated. Completely and totally invalidated. It's done. There's no more argument. Sorry. Uh, There's no more argument. There's no more debate. It's done. It's You're invalidated. If you think that expansion is a bad idea, I present to you Florida State. That's it. It's over. The, the, the conversation is over. There's no counterpoint. It, that's it. It's just simply, it's over. You saw the 12-team scenario where Ole Miss would go to Georgia again. You'd think they'd try to avoid that. I also think that they would try to avoid that. Yes, I, I agree. Nobody, you mean nobody wanted to see Oregon versus Liberty? Yeah, that's that is not not a good draw at all. I think SMU deserved it. They scheduled much tougher. They should be ranked ahead of Liberty. It is uh, that that's that's uh, forgive my language again. I've kind of got a bad mouth tonight, but that's a shitty game. It it really is. It's SMU should have gotten that spot if you had to give it to somebody. It, it should have been them, frankly. Should have been Tulane, but they fold around and Willie Fritz was one foot out the door. You think the best four teams are Alabama, Georgia, Texas, and Michigan? Washington fifth and Ohio State sixth. I, I, I think I agree with you. But see, this is why, this is why though, the, the subjective debates are, are so stupid, right? Well, I think this team is better, or I think that this team would be favored, or if I was a coach, I would rather play this team, which is what Boo Corrigan said was part of their debate today. Um, everybody had Oregon penciled in as beating Washington and making the playoff, right? The committee, even though Washington beat Oregon, thought Oregon was better than Washington. Everybody thought that Oregon was better than Washington. The odds makers thought Oregon was nine points better than Washington. Remember that? So why are we using the odds makers to formulate our arguments about which team is better, right? Because everybody thought Oregon was going to beat Washington. They were penciled into the championship. Hand up. Washington beat Oregon on the field again. So, Drinkwitz deserves coach of the year. I would give it to Norvell myself. Or Jerry Kill. He did beat Auburn with New Mexico State. Chase, I knew you'd be here. This was the worst today you've been against expansion because it diminishes the regular season, and today the committee got a head start on diminishing the regular season. Absolutely. Why even schedule good teams in the non-conference? Just do what Michigan does and play nobodies. Exactly. I mean, we had people talk about, well, well, Alabama in week two isn't the same Alabama now. It's like, uh, again, like I said before, eight days ago, Alabama needed a fourth and goal from the 31 after a muffed punt earlier, remember, to beat a bad Auburn team. 
So if you're saying that Alabama is better now than they were in week two, then why did it take that to beat a bad Auburn team eight days ago? Texas eight days ago dismantled another conference opponent, and they won their conference championship against a ranked team by a million points, and they beat Alabama. I know that debate ended up not mattering, but the idea that Alabama belonged over Texas was remarkably stupid. I mean, so so September matters less. So September is the least impactful month, and so October is a little bit more important than November is the most important. So, I mean... Hell, schedule great teams. Just make sure you play them in September and so you can say that you're not the same team now that you were in September. But that, yeah, exactly. Just There's no point of, if this were to continue, if this were to continue, there'd be no point of scheduling good teams anymore. But luckily, it is expanding. You can lose two games and and still make it and, and be all good. But yeah, and I just, I wish there was consistency. That's what frustrates me the most, and that's why I talk about take the subjective out. What happened on the field? That's what has to take precedent. The Texas-Alabama debate, again, it ended up not mattering, but Texas beat Alabama on the field. That has to matter more than anything else. I'm not saying that's the only thing that you consider, but that has to matter the most. What happened on the field? And the committee, every week when they talked about this, would change what mattered to them. They did it with these rankings now. They they changed what mattered to them. They changed what mattered to them when it came to Liberty and SMU. They changed what mattered to them when it came to Ole Miss and Oklahoma and Penn State and Missouri. They changed what mattered to them when it came down to Alabama and Florida State. There's no consistency. And so when you're not consistent, it's hard to buy into the process. And it's the same people that are going to do the 12 team, by the way. Although the arguments are going to be less valid, you're still going to have a team get left out and there's going to be a committee chair that's going to get on ESPN and not make any freaking sense when they tell you why. And that's a problem. And this is the only sport that does it this way. Because the the committee's not going away. The arguments get diminished because, again, Oklahoma lost to Kansas, right? But when they're going to be asked why Oklahoma and why Penn State instead of Oklahoma – because I think Oklahoma's resume is better than Penn State's. They wouldn't be able to tell you. It wouldn't make any sense. They talk in circles, and that is a problem, and it's going to continue to be a problem. Your gripe with the committee is if you jumped two teams over Florida State for being better than have the balls to rank Florida State down around 10 where they belong, behind Oregon and Ohio State, Georgia, etc., Yeah, I mean, if you think that Alabama would beat Florida State, why do you think Florida State would beat Georgia? If you think Alabama's better than Florida State, why do you think Florida State's better than Georgia? Explain that. They wouldn't be able to. That's why. Imagine we get a Texas-Michigan championship and then they play again in the non-conference next season. That'd be kind of cool. SMU is clearly better than Liberty. I agree. To me, best team means something different than favored team. If a team is the best, then they need to win their games. I agree. If September games don't matter, then have the season kick off in October. Exactly. And again, Oregon was nine and a half points better than Washington, according to the odds makers. What happened? What happened? Peter Burns, who I really, really like and respect, this morning on Twitter was like, if you're Michigan, what team would you rather play? If it's Florida State, then leave them out. Well, I'm sure Michigan would have rather played TCU last year than Georgia, right? Well, well, they got TCU, and guess what happened? They got beat. So, Michigan looked a little concerned in their video when they saw Alabama. Yeah, there was a difference, wasn't there? And yeah, the... If you have to argue that the committee got it right, the best measure is the reaction of Michigan when the announcement was made, told you everything you need to know. Florida State, I can't talk tonight. Florida State, strength of schedule 55, Bama 5. I know. I understand. Florida State won all of their games and their conference championship, though. They didn't lose. They scheduled two teams from the SEC. One was at a neutral site. One was on the road. They beat them both. It's not just that they're not in the playoff. It's not. I I won't hear an argument otherwise. 
it's just that, again, two things can be true at once. Two things can be true at once. Florida State earned the right to get blown out in the semis. What happens once you get there is irrelevant. Getting handed a spot in the dance over someone more deserving is another. As long as Georgia stays focused, they will handle Florida State and quiet some debate. Florida State's defense is really, really good, though. I wouldn't sleep on them. And they get three weeks to get their quarterback ready, who didn't play yesterday, by the way. What do we say when Bama beats Michigan and Georgia handles Florida State their entire ass? I agree. Florida State should have been the three spot, but I mean, not going to be much to argue. There wouldn't be after that point. You would just say the committee got it right. Florida State still would have deserved a chance to play in the postseason. What was his fan saying they're a slam dunk tourney team and you got flack for saying pump the brakes for now? I mean, you know, when you beat NC State and Memphis in consecutive weeks, it's I understand why, why uh, people would just not want to hear that right now. But, yeah, there's there's a lot of basketball left in the SEC's a bear. There's a – I mean, what, what we know now, though, about Ole Miss basketball is if they stay healthy, they can make the tournament. And I don't know if that was a thing that really – especially without both waivers. Uh, CSA helps a lot, though. But I, I don't think that's something that rationally we could have said a few weeks ago about that team. You know what I mean? Um, that I think it was more about you just want them to be competitive and play meaningful basketball in through conference play. But now it's like they've got two line items that are really going to help on a resume now. And, and that, that'll go a long way. The bubble is always bad, always bad. And they already have two wins that are really going to look good when the bubble is always bad, always. Almost now has four New Year's Six Bowl appearances in 10 seasons of the playoff, third most in the conference. And remember, that's not just Lane Kiffin. Most of the playoff games are blowouts. Wouldn't be surprised at all if Alabama beats Michigan by three scores. So is this the most wide-open Heisman in a while, right? I think that it's uh, Daniels is should be a lock. If you look statistically, statistically, you can argue that he had the best season in college football history at that position. If you look at the numbers and compare them to other Heisman Trophy winners, you can say that he would have the best statistical season in college football history for a Heisman Trophy winner. It's hard to argue. If Georgia would have beaten Alabama, Florida State would be in over Texas. I agree with that, actually. Yeah. I mean, what what genius thought five power conferences uh, would be fine being settled with four teams in a playoff? But you've noticed that a lot of the anti-expansion people are fans of teams that are fortunate enough to have the built-in advantages that win in the playoffs. Exactly. It's Ohio State and Michigan fans. It's Alabama fans. It's Georgia fans. Those are the people that don't want to ruin the regular season. Because... They, they they get to go. And for everybody else, the, the college football, that's the damnedest thing about college football. The postseason is the worst part about it. Why would – the postseason is the worst part about college football. It's the worst. Why are we okay with that? Making that better doesn't diminish the regular season. Do you want to know how many people just watched 49ers-Eagles? You're going to have like a 32 million viewer audience for a regular season game where 44 per, 44% of the NFL makes the playoff and the number that that game just drew and how big it felt and important and felt isn't diminished by the fact that both of those teams are going to make the playoffs later. Right? I mean, I don't think so. Do you? I had fun watching that game. A lot of people did. It was a huge game. They're both going to make the playoffs. Regular season is not diminished. If Florida State beats Georgia and Texas or Alabama wins the championship, it will be a contested championship. There are some people that will say that. This is not the NFL. It's unbalanced all over the place. Absolutely it is. That is true. 
I hope Michigan wins the title to make the NCAA even look more foolish than they already do. God, that would be the ultimate, like, in your face. We cheated. We know it. We shoved it in your face. We laughed about it. We mocked you for it, essentially. And uh, and we win on top of that. That would be – I would hate that. And the viewership numbers that that would draw would be epic. Almost getting healthy. And some Penn State opt-outs can swing the odds of the Peach Bowl tremendously. Kiffin said he doesn't expect anyone to sit out. Yeah, there's really nobody on this team that should, frankly. I mean, that anybody that would be going to the NFL on this team is not a surefire early-round pick, and they could use the reps against another really good team to, to help uh, with that. And despite what some people say, we, I mean, we talked about this last year. Uh, I mean, we've had NFL people on the show, not media people, but – like NFL people that have worked in scouting and drafting and stuff. And there are some players that even if they opt out, you still got to take them. But NFL teams look at that as a negative. There are people that cover college football that try to tell you that the NFL could not possibly care less. It is not a do or die. It is not an end all be all, but there are NFL teams that look at a player that opts out of his bowl game as he quit on his team. Now they still might draft him because if he fits a, position of need or whatever again it's not an end-all be-all but they do look at that negatively there are a lot of NFL teams that do and so it's not always the best advice if you're a fringe guy to tell an NFL team you'll quit on your team because if you're a linebacker that's a sixth round pick right that that's your ceiling and you're the same guy as another linebacker right because at that point you're not special anymore okay you can be special but you get my point. If you are identically comparable to another linebacker where, where the team and the scouts graded you the exact same as another guy and you quit on your team and didn't play in the bowl game and, and he did, there are teams that will pick the guy that didn't. That is absolutely true. There are guys that will argue that and they're wrong. They are wrong. I've heard it directly from people that have been in the room on NFL teams that say otherwise. So... There's no point in scheduling hard non-conference games if you win the conference games that outweigh the non-conference schedule. I will be rooting for Washington in this group before. They've been a cool story. They're a lot of fun. I like Michael Penix a lot. I mean, the, the offense is really fun. Like, I even like the uniforms and stuff, too. I I like Washington. I don't know why. I, I, like, I've always kind of had a soft spot for Washington for some reason. I love like the aerial views of their stadium even. It's weird. Uh, don't don't try to figure me out. You can't. You wish they would get rid of the G5 automatic spot in the 12-team playoff. The only way a G5 team gets into me is because they were one of the 12 best teams. We do. I, I actually, I don't hate that. I, I like it. I think that uh, if you're not going to give them access, which that – if you didn't force it, they would never have any. I mean, again, Cincinnati had to go undefeated for two years. They had to go undefeated for two years before they made the playoff. I know Liberty scheduled like crap, but Liberty won all the games that they played too. And if they're not given an opportunity, then what's the point, right? So either A, you include one of them, or B, you separate and let them have their own championship. There's no in-between. It's got to be one or the other, in my opinion. Florida State beats Georgia. They should claim a UCF-style title. I would. I'd put it in my stadium, too. I mean, hell, there there are teams that are claiming championships in years where they lost multiple games uh, because a newspaper declared them that. So just go for it. Why does there need to even be a playoff ranking until the selection? They change the teams around from the previous week anyway, so it doesn't change anything uh, because people watch it and they sell ads for it. If you want the honest answer. And they market games, too, around what the ranking is. You're never going to not have rankings because ESPN needs rankings so they can market number 15 on the road at number 7, 7 o'clock ESPN. You know what I mean? It's a money thing. That's why they do it. It's all about money. It's also not Florida State's fault that LSU, Clemson, and Florida all didn't meet expectations, and they beat all three of them away from home. 
Mississippi State's Tourney Hope took a torpedo tonight. Yeah, Chris Jans said uh, after the game that it's a, God, what did he call it, a program-defining? I, I, I forget the exact terminology, but he acknowledged that too, that basically they're going to have an almost impossible time overcoming that loss. That that can be a keep-you-out-of-the-tournament loss. I mean, they, they've got a huge uphill climb now. That one is going to sting for the entire season that that will always be there. It's never going away. You can't overcome that. They they are going to have to, if they're going to make the tournament, they have got to really, really make the tournament. They can't be bubbly. If they are, they're not making it. That That's how bad of a loss that is. Deeper conversation to be had is who is actually in charge of college football. Is it the NCAA or the conferences? You think Sankey's the most powerful figure, figure in the sport? He is. Uh, it's not the NCAA. I know they govern it, and they punish teams or whatever, and they make rules. They're, they're not in charge. The, the, the conferences are in charge, and and they're going to they are going to take control of this one day very soon because the NCAA is a failure. Everybody knows it, and they're going to take control. It's the conferences. Bama getting in reflects that, yes, because Greg Sankey is the most he is the most powerful guy in in, in college sports. Absolutely, he is. And yes, the the NCAA has no control over the college football playoff. None. The NCAA does not name the champion in college football. The system is already in place for somebody else to handle this. The structure is already there. They're just going to bite the bullet one day. They will. And uh, and they'll take care of it. They will. Yeah, they will. Yeah, it's so stupid. It's time for college football. A college football constitutional congress and create a strong league office, a stronger league office. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, and if we're being honest, 130 teams is too many. If if we're talking about excluding the group of five, go ahead and split because it's too many. Need a Peach Bowl color rush? Oh, please give me that. Penn State with their white helmets and blue tops, and Ole Miss with the powder blue helmets and the red tops. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That would be great. But anyway, I got to run, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, you guys know it, as always. Uh, no stream on Tuesday again. So last week was the Connerly. This week is the um, is the Christmas party, the Super Talk Christmas party, I think. So I will not be streaming for so I can go to that. I will do – I'm going to start trying to do short videos every day. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to start doing that. We'll see if I actually can uh, can pull off the time because again, the radio show and Super Talk needs to take all of my time, and and only when I have free time can I do more. But I'm gonna start trying to do that. I think that um, I think that's the next step here, and I'm gonna make a new graphics package and stuff eventually too. But in the meantime, thank you guys. I'll uh, I'll see you. Uh, I'll post videos this week, but the next live stream will be Thursday. So Thursday night, I will see you on uh, on Thursday night for sure for a live chat. But in the meantime, you guys have a great week, and I'll uh, I'll see you soon. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.